Hello, welcome to 1000 Words, Stories on the Way. My name is Matthew Clark. Thanks so much for being here this week. Uh, This episode is a little bit longer, so I'll just make one quick announcement before we get started. Uh, That is that I'm getting ready to release a book and an album combo on June 2nd called A Tale of Two Trees, and I need your help. If you'd like to be on the launch team for this project, there's a link to a Google form on the front page of my website. So if you just go over to matthewclark.net, you'll see that. And you can fill out the form. If you'd like to help me spread the word about my new book and album, and you'll get early access to the project. And <laughs> even a commemorative t-shirt. Um, it really does take a village uh, to launch a project. And uh, as an independent artist, you know, I don't, I don't have any kind of like a big team or anything like that, that uh, to do this for me. So if you can help, that would be amazing. You can just go to matthewclark.net. You'll see uh, the form at the top of the page there. Okay, having said that, this week, since I've been working to finish up this new album and book, I've been thinking a lot about art making. Um, I've been thinking about how much I love it, but also how after more than 20 years of working at a particular art form, I feel like I'm just beginning to get the hang of it. Um, I've made an enormous amount of terrible art. And I still make terrible art all the time. I think what keeps us from making stuff is feeling like we ought to be good at it first. But that's impossible. So this week, I'm thinking about the invitation to art making as a way that God extends grace to us. And that frees us up to just start enjoying it. So here's this week's episode entitled... The Joyous Grace of Creative Incompetence. My brother Sam and I are both artists. He works in ceramics, and though he's proficient on the potter's wheel, he has a special capacity for capturing personality and expression in humorous figural sculptures of dragons trolls, and other wild creatures. Our house is full of these hilarious critters peeping out from nearly every corner. Even the urn that holds our coffee grounds is a grinning, fat troll wearing a yellow tie whose head is the lid. The last few years, Sam and I have both worked from home. The two-car garage is his ceramic studio where he sculpts during the day, and teaches classes occasionally. And my little recording studio is set up in the extra bedroom. We're both coffee drinkers, and our routine is to spend the first hour or so of each day at the breakfast table, chatting over hot mugs of coffee, as we gear up for whatever we're working on that day. As you can imagine, one of the recurring topics of conversation is the creative process. We're always comparing notes on art making itself, the processes and materials and inspiration, the travails of trying to get some meandering idea worked out concretely 
in our respective materials, and the further travails of trying to make a living at it. But on top of all that, we tend to land in a place of gratitude, sensing that as we subcreate, to use Tolkien's term, we are entering into a great and abundant mystery of making that is ultimately sustained and overseen by God Himself, and not our own powers or achievement. The invitation to make stuff is fundamentally an invitation constituted by God's grace. Now, that may just come across as a Christian-y thing to say, so let me, let me push into it a little more. By grace, I mean a few things. One is that the invitation is a form of hospitality. God is calling us to collaborate, to take up whatever raw materials we gravitate towards, whether clay or music, words, food, wood, fabric, decor, space, ad infinitum, and to develop those given things into something new that honors their inherent nature and qualities. But that realizes in new ways their internal potentialities. God could do all of that himself, but he chooses not to. Instead, he has chosen to graciously, hospitably invite us in to share in the fun. God says, Look at this stuff. I call it clay. Do you like it? Well, take some home with you, see what you can make out of it. I can't wait to see what you come up with. So that's one thing I mean when I say the invitation to make stuff is constituted by God's grace. Another thing is that grace, by its very nature, is unnecessary. Grace is, you could say, extra. My friends from Louisiana would say lanyap, and lanyap means some extra unexpected goodness that comes after something that was already good. It's overflow. It's more than what's required. The fact that we are invited to work and make and love and sing and dance and cook, all of that is extra. As if creating the galaxies, gooses, and grackles wasn't enough, how about topping it all off with people? And while you're at it, Lord, how about topping that off with marrying those people through Christ into the life of the Holy Trinity? And then how about topping that off with a new heavens and a new earth? And who knows what the Lord will top that off with? Our God is a most persistent topper offer. He seems to get so caught up in the joyous overflow of making that he's always doing more than is required, always pouring out grace upon grace upon grace. That being the case, the invitation to live our lives, contextualized by that overflow, and to creatively collaborate with God through the materials at hand in this world, is characterized by grace. In other words, because there's goodness aplenty, you don't have to be all that good at it to participate. Grace means we can take creative risks. 
it means we can get started before we have any idea how to do it well. We can jump in and learn as we go, because our identity, and the cosmos in general, are not dependent on our proficiency. Those have already been taken care of, so we're free to be no good at it. But do it anyway. We'll get good at it eventually, unless we never get started. I remember something a friend said years ago when he was a new dad. He said that as he learned to enjoy his children, he was learning to be enjoyed by God. I can still hear him say, children are completely incompetent. They're not good at anything. One thing about little children, though, they aren't afraid to get started. They don't mind getting born, even though they have no idea how to do anything. Be like a little child. Get comfortable with your incompetence. And go ahead and get started. The world is not at all depending on you. And it's absolutely fantastic that you are in the world. It's worth emphasizing, if you are in the world, then it's because the Lord, the giver of life, enabled your existence. Existence itself, because it is a gift from God, is valuable in and of itself, without any further qualifications. Now that you are here, the work of being a living person is only secondarily to be proficient or good at stuff. Competency isn't where you start. It may not even really be the goal. I mean, who will ever be as good at anything as God? The main work of being a living person is responsiveness. Your very existence is grace, which means the supply of goodness and love is a question that's already been abundantly addressed. God has already proclaimed an endless chain of amens to your presence here. That's what you're made out of. Even if a person only made it a few days, weeks, or years in this world, that chain of amens will go on. But for those of us here, now what? What happens next? Well, next, we open our eyes and ears. We stick out our tongues. We feel with our fingertips, sniff with our sniffers. We go exploring. We go on a lifelong scavenger hunt looking in every neglected field for treasures. And when we find them, we get very still. We do a special kind of work called beholding. Beholding means to sustain a loving relationship of true knowing, true perception. Beholding is what allows us to understand the nature of a given thing within the context of its preciousness to its creator. Beholding is the patient practice of entering into and honoring the life of a thing and learning its true name. In other words, Beholding places us in a position of humble wonder as we look for Jesus' intention within the things that he has made and that he continues to bless and sustain. 
Just like the first job of the apprentice is to do nothing but watch the master work, beholding is not about getting anything accomplished. It's just about paying attention. It's about reverence. Once reverence has taken root, it blossoms into response. Now that I've seen what I've seen, I start making attempts to respond. I love because I was loved first. That's where art making best begins, as a response to having beheld goodness. And different materials, different mediums, call for different responses, according to what we've perceived of their nature, through the practice of beholding. Clay calls for a certain response, because it has its own kind of given life. Paint calls for a different response that corresponds to its particular qualities, which are the things it, quote, loves to do. A good cook has reverently beheld the nature of ingredients and therefore knows how to respond rightly and creatively to their inherent qualities. In other words, how to work with them to realize and develop their potential, rather than work against or in spite of them. A true artist is a humble collaborator who takes joy in lovingly listening to her materials as she nudges and nurtures them onward to unfold their potential in new ways. She sees how an alphabet could become a sentence, and a sentence might grow into a sonnet. He sees how a block of mute wood might carry silent songs, and he responds by crafting a singing instrument like a guitar or a cello. In Lord of the Rings, the elves taught the trees to talk, and they became ints. But even in this world, ordinary men and women teach trees to sing. To sing perhaps a song they knew, but could never hope to sing without our involvement. Art making, then, like life itself, is a call to mutual reverence and responsiveness. It's a call to love, and in loving, to waken and raise up all that God has graciously given us to steward. The perfectionism that paralyzes us from getting started is a trap laid by our enemy, who loves to block our participation in God's life. Don't beat yourself up about it, but recognize it's based on a lie about the way things are. It's based on the lie that we have something to prove, something to earn, that competency is what justifies our existence. But the invitation is especially extended to the bumbling and incompetent. Jesus was always telling adults to be more like children, not the other way around. To our Heavenly Father, we are all little incompetent children anyway, and we meet the Most High God not by being really good at mountain climbing, but simply by our infantile reaching. Fellow children, in Christ, 
We have already seen him bend down to us. Take us in his arms and raise us up to his shining face. To close us out this week, I'd like to read a short prayer by David Taylor from his book Open and Unafraid, The Psalms as a Guide to Life. I'll link to that book in the show notes on my website, matthewclark.net slash 1000words. The prayer is titled, A Collect Prayer for Creation. It goes like this. Maker of heaven and earth, all your creatures, animate and inanimate, stand before you. In Christ, who stands at the center of creation, we see how mysteriously well-pleasing it is to you. In Christ, the mediator of the whole world, we see how broken it is. In Christ, the firstborn of creation, we discover its final destiny, new creation. May we take pleasure in your creation as you take good pleasure in it. May we care for the earth as you lovingly care for it. And may we offer up all the creative work of our hands in praise of you, in service of our neighbor, and in anticipation of that day when the cosmos shall be made forever alive. In the triune name, amen. Amen. Okay. If you're enjoying the podcast, please subscribe, rate, Take a minute to leave a review and share it with somebody. Thanks to David Taylor for the closing prayer. And check out his latest book, A Body of Praise, Understanding Our Physical Bodies in Worship. David is such a thoughtful and delightful encourager of artists, and he's been such a help to me over the years. Also, as I mentioned earlier, my brother Sam's hilarious ceramic sculptures. Uh, You should definitely go check those out on his website which is samclarkart.com. All right, that's all for this week. Thanks for stopping by. I'll see you next time on 1000 Words.